Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. The future of Aaron Rodgers is not in Green Bay. It is Chris Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on your smart speaker presented by Progressive Insurance. The hashtag crew has joined us as well. We will get going in just moments at 888-729-3776-888-SAY-ESPN. We will get to plenty around the NBA and James Harden's debut with the Sixers tonight in just a little bit. But we begin with some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless with Aaron Rodgers. And look, this continues to be an incredible drama that is going to unfold. Uh, unfurl here uh, over the coming weeks and it seems like it may be sooner rather than later that he will let the Packers know exactly what he wants to do. Diana Rossini reported yesterday that that would be probably uh, relatively soon according to his camp. It sounds like it could be even up to next week but more than that the biggest question is simply this. The Packers have gone out of their way to do everything they can to convince Aaron Rodgers to stay put in Green Bay. We have seen this really uh, just completely happen over the last year where they have done everything possible to keep him there. And I heard Greeny yesterday talking about this very topic and why it is so important to continue to do everything you can to keep him happy in Green Bay. Here he is. As much of a pain in the neck as he is, and I get that he is, that you are, Hold on to him for dear life for as long as you can because you will never find another one. In Green Bay, perhaps they are slightly jaded because they went from Favre to Rodgers. And they may think, well, we did this before. We can do it again. Think again. The San Francisco 49ers went from from Joe Montana to Steve Young. Where have they gone since then? They've been trying for 30 years to find their next quarterback. Look at Denver. They've gone from John Elway to what? Signing guys when they're 38 years old and trying to get lucky. They did it once with Manning, and now they're going to try and do it again. Look how long they've been trying to find the next Marino in Miami. These guys don't come around very often. A miracle has befallen your franchise. You have Aaron Rodgers on it. Do everything you can to keep him, no matter how difficult he is. That's my opinion. Look, this isn't just about how difficult Aaron Rodgers is. And Greeny's logic is 100% on point. The problem here is that this guy is likely not going to want to be here. And I understand everything that we have seen him say this year in relation to believing that his relationship with the Packers has greatly improved. The problem is that doesn't mean it's actually true. If there's one thing we've learned from Aaron Rodgers, you have no idea what he's saying, what's true, and what's not true. I personally have been of the opinion all year long that he has decided to try to attract more flies with honey than with vinegar because the vinegar last year did not work. So let me tell the world about how great of a person Brian Gutekunst is so that eventually I will get what I want out of this, and that is to go somewhere else. So with that in mind, I think it's time to cash in. We're at the juncture here where you went through this past year. The man was lights out. 
He won his fourth MVP. He threw four interceptions all season long with, what, 39 touchdowns. He was absolutely amazing. And yet in the postseason, and I'm not fully blaming him here, they scored one offensive touchdown on their first series of the game against the San Francisco 49ers, and then nothing. And he threw for 170 yards the rest of that game after the opening drive. So keep this in mind. As you're doing all of that, if Aaron Rodgers wants out, isn't there more logic to trying to cash in while you can? And all you have to do is look at the landscape and what just transpired with the world champions. The Los Angeles Rams went all in for Matthew Stafford. They gave up two ones and Jared Goff to go and get him. And they got their world championship out of it. If that is what Matthew Stafford is worth, what is Aaron Rodgers worth at this point? A lot more than that. And the Packers have to look at this realistically. Maybe it is time to try to just build for what is lying ahead of us when we don't know how much more Aaron Rodgers is going to continue to play. Has he given us any indication that football is the most important thing to him at this point? Any whatsoever? No, he has not. He has not. And then you can even expand it a little bit as we welcome in Hembo, who joins us right now. And this was a very, very interesting take that you had at the end of the show yesterday. And that was simply this. It's not just about Rodgers. If you're going to cash in your chips there, you cash in your chips with Devontae Adams as well, considering you can franchise tag him and then turn around and trade him and potentially get a couple of more number one picks. Yeah, man. The, the, the argument Greeny made yesterday was an emotional one. And the argument that Green Bay Packers fans are making to retain both players is an emotional one. I think rationally, you can sit here and say, by trading both Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, who's going to turn 30 this year, at a position where 30 does matter a lot, of course, at wide receiver, you can totally hit the reset button for your franchise. And, and frankly, I bet you behind closed doors, that's a conversation that a lot of executives within that um, organization probably are kind of interested in. This whole song and dance that they've had to go through over the last two years where everything he says and does ends up on national shows like ours has to be at least a little bit embarrassing for a legacy franchise, not to mention the fact that from a purely football standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. This could be your Herschel Walker trade times two. And Brian Gutekunst is an excellent General manager, you give him eight first-round picks, say, over the next three years, it's not obvious to me you could build a dynasty with a veteran Aaron Rodgers and a veteran Devontae Adams on some other you know, team, whether you trade them to the same team or to a different team. It makes a lot of sense in the world to me. So with, with Rodgers, I, I get it where you're saying that it's an emotional argument, but there's logic behind it, too, because it is impossible to be able to get that guy, let alone two in a row, as the Packers have done. But... This is a copycat league right now, Hembo, and it doesn't matter whether teams are actually a player or a quarterback away. All that matters is that they believe they are. Mm -hmm. And if they believe they are, 
then you can absolutely fleece them. Now, the one thing that's exceptionally important here is you have to remember two things. Number one, what Diana Rossini reminded us of yesterday on KJM, and it was this. I was told from someone who's having conversations with his agent, not the highest paid player by a little, by a wide margin. He doesn't, it's, it's, he doesn't want to just be at the top by a few million. It's got to be significant. That means $50 million a year. Mm. The Packers cannot do that. You, at this point, where you are, you cannot do that and then expect to be able to keep Devontae Adams and keep everybody happy. And number two, with it being a copycat league, as I said, when you have the opportunity to do all of that and you have somebody believe that they are that close, I have to recognize that while it may hurt my fan base, they have to understand that this is going to be much better for us in the long term. Mm, that, that is well said. If you're going to pay Aaron Rodgers 50 a year, you're going to have to pay Devontae Adams on the tag or on a long-term deal 20 a year. That in and of itself is a third of your salary cap. You are going to have to decimate your defense in the short term. It's not mm-hmm. possible. The Packers, sure, they're obviously likelier to win the Super Bowl next year by retaining both players. But if you think about these, both of these players as assets, which obviously all general managers have to do, to me there is no good argument to keep them because you can get so much for them right now. Aaron Rodgers could decide at the end of next season, for example, I'm just going to retire now, and you get nothing for him. And sure, your chances of winning the Super Bowl are better, but what are they, 10 or 15%? Playing the long game here is smart, and trading Devontae Adams while he's coming off of a season in which you could definitely argue he was the best wide receiver in football at 29 is the best time to move him to, and Brian Kudegunst understands that as well. Last part of this is simply that if it is in the next week, and as Diana said, it sounds like that may be the case at least soon at some point. If Aaron Rodgers says, I want to be traded, the Packers cannot allow it to be a situation where they are going to let another team take advantage of what Aaron Rodgers wants Mm. and put them in a box Mm. and where he wants to go and put them in a box. They have to be prepared and they have to prepare their fans to deal with the drama, as Daryl Morey just did with Ben Simmons and the Sixers, and he got his guy in James Harden. They have to be prepared to do that. I have to be prepared to deal with a complaining Aaron Rodgers if the package I'm getting is not what it needs to be in order to justify that trade. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It is Chris Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So the hashtag crew and I all agree about Aaron Rodgers, but what does a former GM think and what is a realistic price tag? We get the answers from one in just a moment. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We welcome in our ESPN front office insider. That is Mike Tannenbaum. Mike, great to be with you. How are you doing today? Doing great, Chris. How are you? Doing really well, Mike. And that's obviously what we're going to be talking about until it all gets settled, right? And and with Aaron Rodgers, there's always going to be so much drama. So let's say that a week from now, Aaron Rodgers goes and tells the Packers, I want to play somewhere else next year. I want you to trade me. What is the realistic value for Aaron Rodgers at this point? Well, I think it's three number one picks to the Denver Broncos. Um, Denver's done a really good job. They have a really solid team. They obviously have a big question at the quarterback position. And to me, if you could go get somebody like Aaron Rodgers, who's the league MVP, who clearly has at least three or four more years of uh, really good play, you cannot overpay greatness, especially when you have a chance to win the Super Bowl. With that being said, Mike, you know we look at what the um, what the Rams gave up for Matthew Stafford last year. Is this going to be a copycat league in that regard? Because we're going to see more quarterbacks available than ever before on the trade market and teams that may feel like they're pretty close are going to be willing or would they be willing to pay these exorbitant fees because of it? Yeah. And it's funny. We, we probably would have called it exorbitant last year, but I think the Rams are saying it got us a championship. So if you're the Washington commanders, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you're the new Orleans saints and you have really strong defenses and you need a quarterback, I, I just don't think you could overpay greatness. And if you could get someone like Aaron Rodgers who, the day he walks through the building, you have a chance to compete for a championship. Um, and it costs an extra first-round pick. I think to less needs credit and the Rams, I think that's something the NFL marketplace is going to closely reexamine. Mike Tannenbaum is with us right now, ESPN NFL front office insider. What I'm concerned about, though, Mike, is you know Aaron's going to make it clear where he wants to go. And the Packers, if you're going to give up this level of talent – and just a once-in-a-lifetime type quarterback, you can't get boxed in a corner as to what the value is going to be. You cannot allow that price to get lowered. So will there be other teams involved here, and do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be kind of locked in on one place where he wants to be, and that will hurt the Packers' bargaining position? Yeah, and well, I'll say this. If I'm the Packers, I don't trade him to the NFC. I don't trade him to you know a team like the Saints or the 49ers because – you know, we're trying to get to the same place, and I wouldn't want to have to compete against him. So um, it's going to be an interesting uh, chess match, but I think when it's all said and done, if he's not a Packer, I think he goes to the AFC. Mike, with Rodgers right now, is his best play to go somewhere else based on what we saw from the Packers this past year, or is his best play to try to win a championship to stay in Green Bay? Yeah, I don't think you have to overcomplicate this. I mean, they are a great team in Green Bay. Brian Gutekunst, Matt LaFleur, they've done a great job. Well, they won 39 games over three. It's it's remarkable. He has the highest, right, they have the most amount of wins over three years. Um, I, if I'm them, 
I'm Aaron Rodgers. I stay there. I got my quarterback coach back, Tom Clements. I got great relationships with Randall Cobb, Bakhtiari, Devontae Adams. Like, I, I don't. I'm not a big grass is greener guy, and I don't see how he's going to find a better situation. How about trying to fit all of this under one cap, though? Because if you're going to keep Devontae Adams, you have to pay him a fortune. Rodgers wants to be the highest-paid player in the league now, and as uh, our Diana Racine reported, not by a little but by a lot. How do you navigate this, then, if you're Brian Gutekunst trying to fit it all under the cap? You play the point card of information. You go in there with your yellow pad and say, hey, you won $40 million a year? Cobb, Bakhtiari, Preston Smith, Billy Turner, they all come back. You want 50, these guys graduate. You want 55 a year, these guys graduate. You want 65 a year, you know, you're going to be playing with six draft choices. So you're not going anywhere, Aaron. You get as much money as you want. But understand this, the more of the pie you take, the less of your teammates you're going to see. It's a great point because I think there have been guys around the league who haven't necessarily done that and maybe ended up with fewer championships than they could have. Maybe somebody like Drew Brees was that guy. Mike Tannenbaum, our ESPN NFL front office insider, joins us. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today. All right, Mike, you know, so much time and energy is focused on the drama around Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk about some of the other guys. What's your read on Russell Wilson at this point? Yeah, we just talked about this exhaustively on Get Up. You know, in this day and age, uh, we're, we're, we're evaluating avatars. So apparently he changed his, and that's now news. And he's uh, a Richmond, Virginia sort of native, and apparently that's what his avatar is. So I think we have to put Russell Wilson in the actively monitor stage here. And with that in mind, does that mean that he wants to go to the Washington Commanders if he's putting up his Richmond, Virginia stuff instead of something else and alluding to being, you know, in New York. I mean, this is really what it's come down to at this point. But do you believe he's going to be back with the Seahawks or not? Uh, you know, I think it's Ryan's course there. They're the fourth best team in the NFC West. They need a rebuild. If they can get a couple first-round picks for Russell Wilson and a team like, again, you look at Washington, you look at, pick a team new orleans pittsburgh even i put philadelphia into that mix in terms of they could get russell wilson those teams become instant contenders so there's 12 teams this year chris that need a starting quarterback and if he could you know get any of those places they become dramatically better the day he walks in the door so because of seattle situation and all those teams needing quarterbacks chris I just think this is the time that uh, he can move. Hey, Micah Tembo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push you on this one. So we obviously saw last year the Rams were a quarterback away. They were Matthew Stafford away from winning the Super Bowl. There are a bunch of teams that would probably like to have Russell Wilson. But if there were a team that you would say, is Russell Wilson away from winning the Super Bowl like the Rams were last year, which would be that team? Yeah, I would go back to the Saints and Pittsburgh. I think both those teams truly have championship defenses, you know, look how well the Saints play against Tom Brady and those offenses for the last two years. You know, Pittsburgh, obviously, they have difference makers at all three levels, So, and they also have young skill players. So I think, of all, like, Pittsburgh, to me, I'm not saying they're going to beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Hembo, but, boy, it really puts them in that conversation. Mike Tannenbaum with us, ESPN NFL front office insider. Okay, so if we're talking about three first-round picks for Rodgers at age 38-39, what are we talking about for Russell Wilson? You know, maybe a little bit less. Maybe it's two ones and a third or something like that. Um, but to me, like Saddle, based on what happened with Stafford, they certainly should be able to get a lot. And remember, uh, beyond Dan Orlovsky, the whole football world knew that 
Matt Stafford had never won a playoff game uh, before last year. So we got we got to keep that in mind as well, right? I guess we do. And, you know, it's funny. He's such a tremendous player, Wilson is. But when you look at where it might be the ideal fit, you know, I wonder about that. I wonder about how that kind of all unfolded in, in Seattle and if, you know, the, the times that we heard about him not necessarily – you know, being the most popular guy around, is that of any concern at this point? Or is he just so much more of a dynamic player that you have to take that risk? Well, I think you got to do your homework. But, um, look, we can get any of these players on our roster. We're going to do that. We want to do our homework and create the right environment. Um, but when you can get a difference maker at that position, you do everything you can within reason. And, obviously, you want it to be the best fit from a scheme, personnel, coaching standpoint. Um, but – all those things are a lot easier to find once you have the right quarterback. All right, Mike, two last ones. Number one, uh, Carson Wentz. Is it over for Carson Wentz at this point? I don't think so. I, I, I You know, you go back to the last two games against Vegas and uh, Jacksonville. If they win either of those two games, they're in the playoffs. I don't think he played great. I'm not a huge fan of his, but I do think he probably gives them, you know, the best chance to win this year. And this is a consequential year not only for Chris Ballard, but Frank Reich, their head coach. And then lastly, you know, you were one of the people, and there were many around the country, that were exceptionally high on the Cowboys this past year. So, Mike, what did they have to do to finally get over the hump? What are you looking for from Dallas this offseason to alter their roster to get better? You know, Chris, there's a really smart guy I get a chance to work with, and he's uh, some guy named Hembo. And as he pointed out again, not only did they lead the league in penalties, they had 10 more than anybody else, 69 on offense. It's just not sustainable to have success when that happens. Those self-inflicted wounds just make it really hard to compete. So it starts with that. Mike McCarthy has to put a plan together that what's the consequences when an offensive player has a false start or a holding call because what he's doing right now just isn't working. Mike, awesome stuff as usual. Appreciate it. Thanks. Enjoy the weekend. Okay. Thanks so much, guys. Yep, ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum. All right, so we turn to another member of the hashtag crew based off of that Cowboys slot uh, rather quickly, and that is, of course, our good friend Bubba. And Bubba, when you hear that from Mike Tannenbaum, what is your take? What do the Cowboys need to do this offseason other than find a way to not be the most penalized team in the league? Um... I, you know they got they still got some question. I don't know. I mean, I, to me, I'm just worried they're going to cut Amari Cooper. Honestly, that's uh, that's really what I'm worried about the most. I'm a big Amari Cooper supporter, and I get in arguments with a lot of my Cowboy uh, fan friends, and they think he should be gone. Yes, he had a down year this year, but I think Amari Cooper is a very good wide receiver, and if we cut him, that is going to come back to haunt us significantly. So I, I think that is the really the thing to watch right now. If we if we lose him, I think that's going to be a, a huge miss, and it's going to kill us. So I'm just really hoping they restructure or do something with him because what he does for that offense, he's just such a great route runner and just – I think he's underrated, honestly. And, yes, he had a down year. But, yeah, we got CD. We got Gallup. I, I just am a huge Cooper fan. I don't know where you feel about uh, Amari, but I'm really hoping they don't get rid of him. I'm worried that at this point that Amari Cooper is on the downside. And it's not just because of the bad year. It's because you do have those other guys there, too. And it should have created some more. CD Lamb 
should create more opportunities sure. for Amari Cooper. And I don't feel like Amari Cooper was able to take advantage of that. I mean, I, I mean, I, absolutely, I would agree. But you're getting right now. You should you have CD Amari and Gallup. So if those three obviously would be pretty good, and Cedric Wilson's not bad too. Um, if you get rid of Amari, who are you replacing him with? That's just putting more pressure on CD. It's putting more pressure on Gallup. And now uh, Wilson's your third wide receiver. To me, what what's the benefit of get, getting rid of him? I don't understand. Just because he had a down year, sure, he's on he's on his way down overall. I would agree with that. He's not going to be the same receiver he was three four years ago. But I, I think the stuff he brings is still he's. I think he's. If you watch the routes he runs, I think he's an exceptional route runner. And the stuff he can bring to the offense is is unbelievable. I'm not. I, I wouldn't say get rid of him. I would say maybe. You have to figure out how to restructure him and convince him to stay put. But oh, I yeah. do. I mean, if you look at the numbers pre with Dak pre Amari and after Amari, there it's a stark difference, and I think Amari had a lot to do with it. Mm. But Bubba, the, the 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 argument isn't so much you're better without Amari Cooper. Nobody thinks that. But over the last two seasons, the Cowboys' offensive line ranks 24th in pass protection. This was like the the biggest strength of the team. When Dak first came into the league and Zeke right. first came into the league and they took the league by storm, you think that retaining Amari Cooper, say, is more important than rebuilding that offensive line? Well, I, I don't know if it's uh, well, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's more important, but to me, that's the number one storyline I'm worried about. Um, I, I think I think they can they can they can re- redo the offensive line. I think with a couple pieces, so I still at least have confidence in them doing that. I think them letting Amari Cooper go is going to haunt them more than because I th- I have confidence they will fix the offensive line. I guess is my point. I think they can fix them through the draft, and they still can do it through free agency. I think them letting Amari Cooper go is going to haunt them more than they think. This feels to me like you're talking a lot with your heart. <laughs> I-, I can hear your heart in your voice, Bubba. Am I? Am I? Am I reading this situation at all wrong? I feel like well, I think well, I think it's both. I yes, I do think he's I, yes. There's a lot of heart going on, but I do think he's very good. I think I, I mean it's a little of both. Sure, like Have in you my seen head right now is those the routes thing that's he runs. <laughs> Have you? That's the question. Have you? In my head right now, as you speak about Amari Cooper, is the theme to Titanic. I don't know why that is. It's just the way it feels to me. Don't right play now. it. Don't play it. <laughs> we don't the want to upset Greeny. Yeah, seriously, is, is, is Greeny is not a Titanic fan? Oh, it's it's. He's, I've actually never seen it myself. It is his least yeah. favorite movie. He says I have it's never the worst movie it. he's ever seen. You've never seen the Titanic. I've never seen Titanic. Oh. I've never seen it. Either. I have seen the Guys. last scene in the movie where DiCaprio uh, drifts off into the sea. And frankly, oh, all I, spoiler uh, alert. It, well, yeah, all right. I mean, come on, but but. Secondly, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I think there was a little bit of room on that on that little piece of plastic that she was on for him. I think a little selfish move on Kate Winslet's part. That's all I'm saying. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help you troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Tonight in Philadelphia, it is James Harden making his Sixers debut. It's amazing to me that you have a player of his caliber that has now navigated his way out of two situations. One in particular that was, I mean, just built to win, but it just never came together because he and Kyrie Irving and 
uh, Kevin Durant only played 16 games together. And now you have, I, I would argue, with that in mind, the fact that those three could never get on the floor at the same time, this is now his best opportunity to win a championship. And the Sixers have really done everything they can at this point to maximize Joel Embiid in his prime. And this is it. You know, they are out of moves beyond this if James Harden is not the answer. And so for me, James Harden right now faces the most pressure that he has faced in his entire career. I would argue that right now, while there is a little bit of 2020 hindsight, there is more pressure here to do it and perhaps his best opportunity to do it since he's been in Oklahoma City to win a championship. So now it really has the feel of, it's on you, bro. you got to make this work. I mean, we're already hearing Joel Embiid talk about having to alter his game to work a little bit more toward James Harden. And I have to tell you, that's bothersome to me. Hmm. When, when Embiid is talking about, Hembo, you as a big Philly guy, when Embiid is talking about, I have to become more of a pick-and-roll guy, and I have to do this, and I have to do that, he is saying the right things. But this cannot become about James Harden and catering to his game in every single way. There, It's funny, when he was in Brooklyn initially, we heard him say, and frankly, he played like it, that um, he would be more than happy to be a little bit more passive and let Kyrie Irving run the offense. Now, we're seeing this with Joel Embiid. James Harden has to understand that's Joel Embiid's team, and he is there to win a championship with him. There's never been more pressure on him. I think you have this pegged correctly. James Harden played three seasons with Dwight Howard. He played two seasons with Chris Paul. He played one season with Russell Westbrook, and he played for 13 months with that failed experiment in Brooklyn. You're right here. This is the definitive referendum on James Harden's career. Is he just another guy that could score a lot of points and produce a lot of assists and almost always falter in the playoffs? Or is he able to modify his game accordingly to play with Joel Embiid, in this case, another Hall of Fame talent who, by all accounts, is willing, like you said, to compromise, to meet him halfway. If James Harden enters, like, look, Philadelphia is, we are all in on the James Harden experience. But he's going to have to act, and he's going to have to play differently than he ever has before. I think, right, I think initially, it is likely to work, because I think both guys recognize what they have to gain. But when they encounter adversity, that's when I, even as a Philly fan, am a bit more skeptical. Totally agree, because today I am seeing so much love over the start of the James Harden era in Philly, and I understand it, and I believe that you will see that success in the early part of this. I really want to see how this looks in the playoffs. <laughs> I really want to see. And then it's going to become, well, you know, we got him later in the year. They're still learning to play together. Then you're going to see next year unfold. The Sixers cannot waste Joel Embiid's prime. You cannot do it. It is He is such an incredibly dynamic player at his best and perhaps just one of the great personalities in the history of that city as well. There is, you know, other than a, a hiccup here or there, there has never been a, a better fit as a superstar from a personality standpoint for a city like Joel Embiid, Harden, 
this is on you, bro. This is on you. I'm using a lot of bros. I'm not a big bro guy either. <laughs> anyway, according to research, 90% of employers plan to make enhancing the employee experience a top priority in 2022. After all, a happy workplace like one that allows for a flexible schedule and focuses on company culture is key to attracting and keeping employees. And if you need to add more employees to your team, there's ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right candidates for your job and proactively presents them to you. You can easily review these candidates and invite your top choices to apply. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Up next, Zion Williamson. He was the number one overall pick to New Orleans, and he has been MIA. But does he actually have... A lot more in common, and not in a good way, with another former number one pick, but in the NFL. That's Greeny, next, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. What do y'all think about the Zion talk? Crazy that CJ McCollum hasn't spoken to him yet. Like, that, it's, it's concerning for him, man. The weight on his shoulders being the number one pick is Zion a bust. Should the Pelicans took John Moran? It's concerning. The same questions that we had about Zion coming out of college, we still have the same concerns to this day. And those concerns continue to grow larger by the day in going to hear a comparison from Big Park in just a moment that you might find a little bit alarming. It's Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good. Really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering $45 Silver Unlimited Plan. Five gigabytes of hotspot. Can't beat that. Nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. This was from earlier in the week. Kendrick Perkins joining myself and Bart Scott when I was filling in for Allen this week on Barton Hahn and what he fears could happen to Zion Williamson. If he don't get on track soon, he's about to be the Demarcus Russell of the NBA. Probably 
talented as hell, you know, generational talent, but because of him not being able to get in shape, because of everything he's dealing with off the court for us, you know, having bad eating habits, things to those natures, you know, just not getting the right guidance, I don't know if we're going to be able to see this man and see how great he could possibly be. It's a fair point, and he has not wanted to get out there. But I do wonder right now how much of it is he needs a second foot surgery, which there has been talk about, how much of it is needing to get into shape, and how much of it is just maturity. And I tend to think that it's all leaning toward the last part of that hembo because Zion Williamson right now still has incredible value around the league, and you don't have to go back all that far to see what he's capable of in the NBA. It's just when is he going to put it all together and where is he going to put it all together? I mean, Zion last year averaged more than 25 points a game on better than 60% shooting. The entire list of players in the history of the NBA to do that in a season are Zion last year, Charles Barkley in 1990, and Kevin McHale in 1987. Zion did that as a 20-year-old. So obviously the talent is undeniable. But what we also know is that Zion Williamson is literally obese. Like his BMI is obese, and that was when he was in shape going into the draft. He's just a different bird, right? He's just built differently. And so for Zion Williamson to be great, he's going to have to be so... He's going to be so committed to his conditioning, far more so than most the average player because of his body type, that like that's sort of the baseline for him. If he if he put in as much work as everyone else, he might still have a tough time, you know, go, you know, going out there every single day. So I think Perk sort of has this right in that the habits are going to have to change considerably, and that's probably going to have to come from a mentor type who sort of lived this experience. And whether they came out, you know, on, on the right side of this or the wrong side of this. I think it does help to have sort of an adult in the room who's lived this before. What I do like is that C.J. McCollum has come out and he has started to defend him and about the media pressuring Zion. Maybe it'll help make it a little bit more of a tenable situation. Next Bucks tomorrow, ABC and ESPN Radio. And I got to believe that Giannis and the Bucks will be in the zone. In the zone, brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Coming up. Aaron Rodgers, we know he is potentially on the move, but he is far from the only quarterback that could be on the move. A surprising place where Russell Wilson could get and uh, uh, could end up. That is next. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.